It is almost New Year and we are back. How's it going? We're recording this late. Yeah. Uh, we were supposed to record on Saturday. That didn't happen. We had some company over. Um, but we're going to do this New Year's Eve podcast about a movie that takes place on New Year's Eve. Yeah, so I guess kind of works out. Pretty cool. Ring in the New Year with uh, an episode. Why not, you know? But uh, it's uh, rainy in Michigan. It's fucking nasty out. Yeah, it's not too cold, though. No, but when you're wet. Yeah, you work, you like work all day. So you're I worked outside, and I was soaking wet, and it was cold. It sucked. I did nothing all day. I think I took a nap. Yeah, that's cool. That's what I'll be doing tomorrow, besides laundry. But, um, yeah, Happy New Year's to everybody listening. Um, this is uh, the new episode of Burn Offerings. New year, new episode. New year, new you. New year, new you. <laughs> help me help you. But, uh, yeah, we uh, we actually just got done jamming some Toxic Holocaust. I'm, I'm kind of wondering what we're going to ring in the new year on, on the music front. Like, right at midnight, we have to pick something that we're going to fucking, you know. I mean, I could make my choice, but I don't know if you'd want my choice. I don't care. I just want to hear something fucking pissed off at midnight. Discharge, hear nothing, see nothing. Let's do it. I'm, I'm, I'm all game. But just to let you know, in years past, for lots of years, you were there for one of them. I used to party at Slayer Dad's, mm-hmm. and Slayer went on at midnight. <laughs> and nine times out of ten, I got to choose which record it was. But it was usually old. So that's what I'm used to. Um, I actually don't own any Slayer. I'm playing. No, we're going to change that, though. If I have to buy it for you, I missed out. I, I skipped it because I didn't. I I went to the, that record swap not too long ago, right? And I only took. I intentionally only took so much money with me, and mm-hmm. like put myself at like I'm not spending any more than this. And uh, one thing I saw there was an original pressing of Haunting the Chapel. That would have been fucking phenomenal, dude. You, you know me in that album. I fucking love it. And yeah. I was like, ah, I can't get it. Yeah. Well, we're gonna change that. You need at least the first. Four. Yeah, I think those are up. Those are going to be your best choices. Show no mercy, haunting the chapel, hello waits. Oh, I always forget hello waits. That that album fucking rips, dude. Um, hello waits and uh, rain and blood. Yeah, like the first four. Oh, quote unquote five. Uh, live on dead. That was uh, after haunting the chapel. It was a live album. A Fake live album. Fake right? live al- album. Yeah, I used to follow somebody who just like posts like uh, records and tapes of his collection and shit. Mm-hmm. And he posted that tape, and it was basically just him talking shit about how it's a fake live album. <laughs> yeah, it's weird too because when the album starts, the Live on Dead Slayer album, um, the crowd is chanting Black Sabbath. You can hear people in the background like screaming Black Sabbath. It's like weird, man. So I don't know if they like just added in like crowd noise. It doesn't sound like it's recorded in an arena or anything. It just sounds like you can hear people's conversations and shit. Was that shit was it done intentionally? Was it did, were they like we're going to do a fake live album? 
Fuck it. We'll no, even make I it think obvious. They, I think it was a live album, but I think they added in the crowd sounds. Yeah. See, I don't, Kiss I did don't, the same thing. Well, I know, yeah, Kiss is that, their whole uh, one that they quote-unquote recorded here. Yeah, right. But Live on Dead is sick. Uh, some of the versions of the songs on Live on Dead are better than the studio recording versions, like Chemical Warfare and the song Show No Mercy. The double kick pedals are more um, up front. You can hear them better. The drums are more clear. Well, that's like uh, Priests uh, Unleashed in the East. It's, it's the same Every thing. song on there is better than the recorded version from the album they're from. That's how I feel about Live on Dead. Like, not all the songs, but like certain ones, they, they uh, it's more intense. And you can hear everything better. So, that's, so it does justice to like a couple of those songs, but... Yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll work on that. We'll get you some Slayer vinyl. But um, this time around, uh, later on in the show, we're going to be talking about the nineteen eighty movie Terror Train. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm pretty stoked about that. It's a New Year's Eve movie. But um, what have you been watching, man? Um, I was fucking going through my tapes, and I always forget I have these. Um, and popped in the uh, the horror boobs mixtapes, which is basically just tit shots from all the '80s, '90s low budget horror movies. Nice. <laughs> it's all like the nude scenes and shit. Oh, that's fucking great, man. Yeah. So I've seen those stickers floating around. So yeah, good yeah. company, good people. Um, so I was watching those. Um, watched The Prowler for like the thousandth time and Stage Fright for like. Thousand one time, yeah, and then uh, it's been a minute, but I popped in City and Panic. Okay, I think we talked. I think I brought it up before on here. Watching, I think I might have told you about it. I don't know. City and Panic, you have, yeah, on an episode, past awesome. episode, yeah. awesome movie. If you haven't seen it, Country of Origin, Canada, nice. Okay. Uh, Massacre video actually ended up uh, putting it out. Maybe that's where I'm kind of. It's there's a fam- familiar ring to it. City and Panic. Yeah, I think the alternate title was uh, the AIDS Murders. Okay, is what it was called. Right on. Yeah, just a pretty good, like low budget, somewhat sleazy, not really slasher. Okay, cool. Yeah, you have that on VHS. Yep. You should let me borrow that. Oh, for sure. I've never seen it. I've heard of it, but. It's fucking awesome. I like really like that movie. Cool. Do you got the massacre uh, video version or got no? the uh, Trans World? I think. Okay. I think that's who put it out. Right on. Um, anything else? You've been watching anything else? Um, that's pretty much all the ones I can really think of. For the most part, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much all I popped in. Right on. I, nothing too uh, crazy on my end. I, I watched New Year's Evil. Did we touch on that one last year? We No. We didn't do any type of New Year's movie, did we? No. No, we just basically talked about how bad Bloody New Year is. That is a horrible movie. That's a fucking terrible movie. And I seen someone post it today that they were watching it, and I'm like, I feel so bad for you. Some people get into it, man. I can't. I, I got it for free. <laughs> so, And the cover art's pretty cool. So, you know, I was like, fuck it. Yeah. You know? But uh, I watched that, New Year's Evil, um, Friday the 13th, Part 4, last night when I went to bed. 
Let me see. I didn't write any of these down. I've literally been playing Mortal Kombat X for Xbox One for a week now. Oh, yeah. And um, that's been taking up most of my time. I did watch Memorial Valley Massacre. I bought this uh, DVD at Cinema Wasteland that had pieces on it. Memorial Valley Massacre. Um, what else is on it? The Undertaker and his pals. A couple other ones. Um, lo- a bunch of low-budget movies. But I watched Memorial Valley Massacre, and I fucking... I love that movie. It's so badly made, but it's... The transfers really well, like, for being a bootleg DVD kind of fucking independently put out. Mm-hmm. Because the uh, YouTube rip was terrible. It was so dark and just you couldn't tell what the fuck was going on half the time. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I did want to touch on a movie that I haven't seen in a long time. Christmas just passed, and uh, to all a good night. Yeah? Yeah. I uh, When we did Black Christmas, mm-hmm. I wanted to kind of like you know honorable mention to that movie because it kind of flies under the radar that's a great christmas slasher yeah you don't see a lot of people actually i rarely see anybody even bring that movie up no and it's it's really good i I remember the first few times i seen it was on youtube and that transfer was awful but i uh I, i ended up seeing it better on dvd brighter not as dark and I could tell what the fuck was going on, and uh, that's a good one, man. That's a that's a pretty good slasher. Nice little tidbit of. Uh, hey, what year did that one come out? Do you remember? Eighty one. Oh, yeah. I want to say, but yeah, um, fucking love to all a good night, man. That's a good one. That's a real good one, and it's kind of a Santa Christmassy. Yeah. Slasher. You know, and people don't, they overlook it because of Silent Night, Deadly Night, and Black Christmas, but it's a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's even like, because you, you don't see as many people. I mean, I think you see it more now talking about like Christmas Evil, but it's still less, but that one's even less talked about. Yeah, it is. It is. Christmas Evil's like all of a sudden there's like a resurgence of people like talking about and loving that movie. Yeah. I remember seeing it like fucking six years ago, seven years ago. But uh, I, I do miss the uh, YouTube channels. The uh, yeah, man, the fucking studios got hip to all the uploads. Yeah, they're just getting was, pulled left and right. What was the uh, what was the one main channel? Uh, well, I don't know if it's the main one, but it was one I always found. It was just um, eighty slashers. Okay, well, and it had like two like two hundred fucking videos. There was that one. It had the burning on it. Yeah. It had all the all the good ones. But there was one specific one that I was telling everybody about years ago. I can't remember. When I worked at Char, and it was called something slasher. Uh, I can't remember what the fuck it was called, but like Slasher Mania or something like that. Or I don't know. It was a channel that had like 180 movies. And they would get deleted and then re- Uploaded. Well, like I was telling you, I found that one channel where once you figured out what the guy was doing, it was like kind of cool because it kind of stopped him from getting shit pulled. He would list, as an example, like movie two in his list would say like Friday the 13th, but it wouldn't be Friday the 13th. It would be like The Burning. And then if you look at the list, 
movie like four was listed as the burning so he would upload and, and label everything as what it was like two movies below it so third movie would actually be the fifth movie the fifth movie would actually be the seventh movie and like so on right so like it was labeled wrong so hopefully people he did it so like if somebody comes there thinking oh this is friday 13th we're fucking paramount whoever the hell owns it now gonna pull it and it's not friday 13th so it can't get pulled unless yeah. it ended up being fucking something owned by that same studio right yeah but i mean it, i'm sure they caught on to that but yeah because i mean i've watched friday the 13th movies on youtube before but then they get pulled like right oh, yeah. after so there's uh there's that but uh oh yeah the other i did actually start watching another movie um dead time stories okay and it's been forever since i've seen that movie and that movie i i don't like it that movie's fucking boring to me it's like way too kid friendly for not being a kid friendly movie fucking i'm trying to find that uh i think they might have deleted it but it's probably gone like all that shit got is being pulled dead time stories was on youtube and it was on that it was on that list of let me see yeah they uh i mean there's no point in keeping a channel open if all your movies are starting to get pulled yeah that's true it was called something like something slashers slashers mania or something and dude they had everything on there for like fucking years and when i was when i went back to school they gave us laptops and while i did my work i just watched fucking slasher movies you know like blood rage was on there and fucking home sweet home and all the you know like the rare ones but yeah they all got pulled but yeah i've been watching those uh new year's evil fucking I wanted to make a mention to To All A Good Night and uh, Friday for fucking uh, April Fool's Day. I watched that the other day. Uh, I've seen that a million times, but there's a soft spot in my heart for that movie. Yeah, I I dig it. I still dig it. Yeah, yeah. April Fool's Day is cool. And uh, that's about it, man. Uh, What have you been listening to? Anything different? Um... See, I've been jamming, um, there's this band from Japan, uh, Guka, uh, been playing there. They're like just a punk crust band. Okay. Jam on their album program. And they, they came out in like the mid nineties. I think they had like two tape releases in like, in like 95, 96. And that LP didn't come out until I think 05. But, uh, just really good fucking punk with amazing drumming. Okay pretty fucking intense i would i would take it yeah it's awesome yeah um then um jam and uh sabat sweet their album uh, charisma i think that one came out uh was it 99 i think are they still around uh i'm gonna go with yes yeah i think so i haven't really been keeping up on them but i'm pretty sure they're still playing actually yeah they are still playing they just played in uh texas really yeah they just flew in one show, Texas. I think got some vest and went back. Went back. Right on. They, yeah, because I know they've been around for a while. Yeah. Oh yeah. Somebody uh, called them, and they kind of. I agree with it. The Japanese venom. 
Okay. Because, I mean, it's pretty much almost the same style. Right. Like how old Venom, like old school Venom was. Right. And then jamming the fuck out of the, the first Devil Master tape. It's 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 that good. It is. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. We should listen to that tonight, too. Oh, I'm going to put that on. Right on. And just to let everyone know, um, I'm drinking PVR tonight, and Jared is drinking whiskey tonight. So it should be a good night. It's always a good night. It's always a good night. Yep. Man, I had to go through and just look this up because for some reason I was thinking we did New Year's Evil last year. We did not do New Year's Evil. Nope. Never touched on that movie. Nope. I, I almost oh, well. I almost literally texted you and said, let's do a split of Terror Train and New Year's Eve or Evil for New Year's Eve. But we'll save New Year's Evil for another time. Yeah. We can go on the cover. Right on. We'll like that movie. Yeah, me too. It's fucking, it's great, man. Yeah. It's like a movie, like, I'll get random people that I don't think like horror movies, and they'll just be like, there was this movie, was like, New Year's Evil, have you ever heard of it? Yeah. I'm like, dude, like, you don't know any other horror movies, but you know this, like, weird, obscure one that, like, you, you never see around because it's never really got a fucking release, which I think now it has, but yeah, for the longest time, there was, like, no other release besides the VHS. Right. Yeah, I got the canon. Tony's got the uh, Paragon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I went over to his house and checked out his tape collection. Might inherit that. Oh, yeah. So it's going to break me, but worth it. <laughs> worth it, man. <laughs> um, anything else you've been jamming? or? Uh, that's pretty much been it. What do you think I got going on? You got like a laundry list? Yeah, I do. I just, it's heavy handed and death metal. Um, my friend Lowe came over and we uh, drank Motorhead beer and um, got rid of some stuff that she had. And uh, <laughs> we listened to some death metal, and it got me back into the swing of death metal. And uh, just some bands, not all these bands are death metal bands, but most of them are. I've been jamming the new Acid Witch. I wanted to touch on oh, that. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. The Christmas Acid Witch. Yeah, the fucking the surprise release. Yeah, the surprise release came out on Christmas Eve. And I urge everyone that's into any type of heavy music or extreme music to check this out. It's fucking great. It's on YouTube. You know, uh, it's a two songs. Uh, one's called Black Christmas, and the other one's Christmas Evil. And uh, it's fucking phenomenal, dude. It's it's really good. The production's great on it. The guitar riffs are fucking thick and and just doomy. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just really good. And the vocals are fucking killer. I feel one of them has a sound that's a throwback to um, Witch Tannic. It does. In a sense. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it does. Um, which is cool, you mm-hmm. know, because it brings back like the nostalgia of when you first heard Acid Witch when you dug back into their older catalog. But yeah, so I've been jamming that like a lot. So there's that. And then um, I threw on Napalm Death Scum the other day. And I fucking love that record, man. Mm-hmm. Like the first two were killer, first two or three, when they were like kind of grind death metal, kind of. Punk, yeah, all the early stuff I really dig dig on. Yeah, so once they kind of started going more into just like like metal, death metal type feel, it's yeah, just like eh. right, yeah. Early '90s they went death metal, and then in the mid '90s I don't know what the fuck they were. <laughs> it was weird, man. Seriously, it was weird. It was like 
Still Napalm Death, but I don't know. Then, like, um, they released an album, what, three years ago? I think two, I think it came out when I was working at Fairfax still. And um, I wasn't really vibing on that. Like, they tried going back to being, like, a grind band, but it just was, like, it seemed way too polished, way too produced, right. way, way too clean. Yeah. I just wasn't feeling it. I haven't heard anything new from that band. The newest I've heard was from, like, 2001. That's, like, the most recent album, and it's killer. It's called uh, Enemy of the Music Business, and it's good. That's when uh, Danny Herrera started drumming for him instead of Mick Tornado Harris. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, Zach from uh, Shit Life uh, actually showed me a lot of that at the time was newer Napalm Death. It was really killer. Yeah. I've been jamming uh, a fucking Cannibal Corpse Bloodthirst. That album came out in 1999. It's a George Fisher era. Is that the one with the comic book? Yeah. Yeah, that's a fucking great record, man. Um, they actually did the uh, live Cannibalism box set yeah. after that album came out. So all the live footage is from Bloodthirst and back, which is my favorite era of that band. And uh, Bloodthirst is really good. They made a comic book out of the song Unleashing the Bloodthirsty. It's just about these undead fucking zombie fucking mutated things just taking over the world and shit. It's pretty cool. I remember that was a big deal back in the day. Oh, yeah. And then uh, I've been watching The Live in Moscow from 1993. Mm, I've watched that with you a couple times. Yeah, that's fucking sweet, dude. I've been watching that lately. And uh, that and... uh, a uh, little off the track, uh, X. Oh, okay. Yeah, I love X. Always have. Los Angeles? Yep. Uh, there's a song on there called The Unheard Music, which is also the name of like the, their documentary. And uh, that song is just resonates with me so fucking much, man. And uh, I first discovered them from Decline of Western Civilization. And uh, that's... You know, introduced me to a lot of fucking really good punk bands from the 70s and early 80s. Yeah. And uh, X was one of them that I really liked a lot. Germs was another one. Fear. Um, but, yeah, X is great. The Los Angeles record is fucking phenomenal. It's really good. I've been uh, listening to that. Uh, Sakuzu slash The Pose. That came out this year, and I've been jamming that. Um, then back to death metal. It's... Uh, Hate Eternal, King of All Kings. This might be the single most impressive drum performance I've ever heard in my life. I remember it blowing me away. The drummer, old drummer of Hate Eternal, Derek Roddy, had a death metal instructional video on how to get better at death metal drumming. And I remember Zach from Shit Life watching that instructional video and we would just fast forward to the very end when he just freestyles and he's like, yeah, what you want to do is you want to one, two, hit, snare, blah, 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 blah. It bored the shit out of me. But at the end, he's like, so basically, you know, when you're done, you should be able to do this. And he just fucking <laughs> just goes nuts. And <laughs> so fucking sick, man. But uh, that- it's, like, it's like how to draw an owl. Draw a circle, draw a circle, then draw the rest of the owl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But uh, I think that might have shaped uh, Zach's drum ability because he watched it nonstop. And uh, well, I know because like, I didn't know him when he was when he was like super young, like a kid. 
but I heard that he would fucking ankle weights and shit, and always just like watching movies, just doing his kicks. Yeah, and he had a little uh, fucking drum pad that he would like blast yeah. on when we were watching fucking lunch meat and shit. Motherfucker was dedicated, which is why he got some what he what he was doing Absolutely. when he's has been doing. Yeah. Um. So there's that uh, fucking hate eternal, the king of all kings, uh, Crisian, a band that I think you might like. They're from uh, the same place Sepultura's from. They're from South America. And uh, they're kind of a death metal thrash. Their earlier stuff was like definitely black thrash, but then they became more death metal, and they're really good. Uh, they're still around. They got a hundred albums out, but the album that I liked the most was Conquerors of Armageddon. Fucking killer record. There's a song in there called Iron Stakes. Man, the drumming is just unbelievable. Uh, this band Diabolic from Tampa Bay, Florida. They debuted in 1999, and I remember seeing them at Harpo's with Zach and their drummer had this full roll cage with like fucking a thousand cymbals and he was the fastest most accurate drummer I had seen until I seen Hate Eternal but their album Vengeance Ascending is fucking sick dude um Cryptopsy the None So Vile album from 1996 that's fucking class act that's old school death metal that's really good from Canada and then uh, the band that I showed you before we started recording, Ritual Necromancy, mm-hmm. they're really good. Their uh, album, Oath of the Abyss, they, that's their older album. They actually have a new one out now. Uh, fucking love that band, dude. They're fucking super heavy, super thick recording. Um, and then lastly, uh, Obituary. I have the uh, From the Vault double CD of The End Complete and World Demise. So I've been jamming some old Obituary. I know Lowe was like hailing obituary is one of her favorite bands and they're actually coming to detroit with some not so good bands but <laughs> i've never seen obituary and i really i really do want to see obituary so i'll probably end up going to that show seen them once that's fucking amazing that was obituary macabre who the fuck else because it, it was another big band bigger band like a death metal grindy gory band who the fuck were they Another big band, and, and you're—I can't think of the fucking name of them. Okay, someone probably knows the tour that I'm talking about, but it was fucking awesome. I don't think it was Obituary. It was the other band. They had a fucking like a doctor come out, like sawing shit up, like bloods flying everywhere. Was it, were they impaled? No, it wasn't impaled. Impaled? Because I know that they no no it wasn't impaled. It wasn't Carcass? Was it? It was Carcass. You seen? Oh, that I remember that. Carcass Obituary and Macabre. I remember when Carcass and Obituary toured. That was like uh, 2006, maybe 2007. No, this was uh, maybe it wasn't Carcass. This was like four years ago, five years ago. It was in Pontiac. Oh, Crowfoot went with uh, actually went with Lewis. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, because he's a big Macabre fan. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I actually look that fucking tour up. Carcass, Obituary, and Macabre. That would have been fucking something I would have liked to have went to. Fucking A, man. But it just seems that every time Obituary comes to Detroit, I miss them. Same thing with Napalm Death back in the day. They would always tour, and they would never come to Detroit. And then I finally got to see them. Unfortunately, it was with Six Feet Under. <laughs> but I was definitely there to see Napalm Death, and they blew me away. And they basically fucking said, fuck you, we're going to play Nazi punks, fuck off, and you guys are just going to have to deal with it. So that was pretty cool. Um, Seen them at Harpo's, and I seen them at the IROC, and I got to meet Barney and Shane from uh, uh, Napalm Death, I'm sorry. 
and that was pretty cool so that's kind of cool yeah i got to meet barney i was like dude holy fuck man he's such a cool guy shane was a really cool guy too man but i definitely got to see obituary man i think that would be cool they kind of had their own sound for back in the day but yeah i'm thinking it was fucking carcass obituary yeah i think it was i think i remember that 2014 i believe 2014 okay I think I remember you telling me you went to that show with Lewis, too. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Okay. Yeah, because Carcass is all about the surgical grind fucking... You know what I mean? Like, That's what I think, yeah. I might be wrong. I might be a different band. But I'm fairly certain it was Carcass Obituary and uh, Macabre. Okay. And I can't... And that fucking other band played that kind of blew up, and I can't remember their fucking name. They're like a thrashy band. Young kids from, like, Maryland. Um, I don't know. I can't think of their name right now. I never, I didn't really dig them. I mean, I liked aspects of them, and then they'd go into like breakdowns, and I was just like, eh. Oh, I don't know. Was it Iron Reagan or anything? Was it? No, no. Fucking. But that would have been a sick, sick show. But um, that's what I've been listening to, man. It's just a uh, mostly a lot, you know, a lot of death metal and the new Acid Witch. Definitely uh, get on that if you haven't heard it yet. Yeah, it's really good. So, um, it's really good, especially for like a. I think it was like a short notice type of release. They just kind of came up with the idea and was like, hey. Yeah. Well, there's a few bands that I'm really into that did that this year, too. Um, Belzebong dropped their album on Halloween Day. There was no fucking nothing pre building up to it yeah and then sleep did the same thing but acid witch definitely fucking dropped it at the right time christmas eve fucking that was killer dude i was so fucking pumped so that's cool oh yeah but uh anything else you want to add before we get into the no okay no i got nothing all right we're going to be talking about the 1980 movie terror train starring jamie lee curtis and uh, a supporting actor in the movie, David Copperfield, mostly known for his fucking magic tricks and chopping bricks. I'm going to say only known. <laughs> only known, yeah. Well, no, he's known for making the Batmobile disappear. It wasn't his magic trick? It was his magic trick, but that oh, there was a lot of... He came under fire for that because no one could find it. Seriously? No, I'm dead serious. Look that up. <laughs> it was back in, like, I want to say, like, Right when the um, second Michael Keaton Batman came out. Okay. Like, like the, the early 80s. 90s. Ladies, early 90s. Was that 90? 90. No, when the first one came out. First 89. one was like 89. Okay, so first one was 89. For some reason, I was thinking it was two years prior. So yeah, it had to be like 91. 91, yeah. Batman Returns. Yeah. And uh, he made the fucking Batmobile disappear from the movie, and they couldn't find it for like months. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what's up with that. I, I remember that was like a big deal, but... Um, he's in this movie, super young. Uh, I love this movie. Uh, it's kind of a slow burn, a little bit. Yeah, as Tony says, it's boring. Yeah, he says it's boring, but... He's like, it's boring, and within the first five minutes, I knew who the killer was. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is, it's not like fucking rewriting the fucking book, dude. No, no, <laughs> no, no. And that's the thing, is, as you know, for, 
as far as I go, color by number slashers from the early 80s, I'm all about it, dude. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I love it, dude. It's like, don't forget the knife, don't forget the chick, and don't forget the blood. And we're good. Everything else is just storyline, you know? Which is what, who was it, Ebert said something like that? Like, fucking movies in the 30s used to make you think. It's like, now you just take any plot and just include knives, bloods, and chicks. Yep. And you, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. But this movie uh, came out the same year Jamie Lee Curtis did The Fog and Prom Night. Yep. But this came out after Prom Night and before The Fog. Um, yeah, I'm not sure exactly how that all fell through. I think it was, I know it was after Prom Night, though. Prom Night got released first. Yeah. But they were basically all, it was back to back Prom Night and then this. That's how she filmed them. I don't know where Fog fit in, but they all got released like the same fucking year. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, the the dude that made the movie, this was his debut, Terror Train. Yeah. He had a, uh, he has like a dream about something, and he came up with the idea of like, what if Halloween was on a train? Right. And then he asked his wife, like, what did you, what would you think of that? And she's like, that's terrible. And he wrote down terrible train. <laughs> that to remember it the next morning. He just fucking wrote down terrible train. That's sick, dude. That's actually pretty cool, man. Like on a cocktail napkin and shit. Yeah, like a notepad next to a terrible train. Yes. But I guess he uh, he ran the idea by um, John Carpenter and um, oh, I just blanked on her name. Deborah Hill. Okay. And they, he got the okay for it because he basically was selling it as, I just wanted this to be just like fucking Halloween, but just in a different setting. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, cool, do it. Yeah. John Carpenter don't give two shits. Right. But fucking, dude, there's so many movies came out that were like Halloween clones. Oh, yeah. Like in 79 and 80 and, you know what I mean? He had like Savage Weekend and fucking, this is pre-1980. This is pre-Friday the 13th. There was movies that were cloning Halloween. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like 78, 79. Those two years, there was a bunch of movies that came out. Oh, yeah, because once Halloween got released and fucking blew up, and everybody would just, it's like, copy the formula. Yeah. This is obviously hot right now. Let's fucking do it. Right. And until Friday the 13th perfected it, you know, and pushed the gore further and pushed the, you know, everything else further, I mean, but yeah, this movie, um, I don't know it it's it's kind of cool in its own right because I don't know it's it's the costumes and shit and the groucho thing going on and the you know it's kind of cool it's it's got the 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 douche jock fucking fraternity guys and oh yeah they get what they got coming to them and I I dig uh, any almost any movie I'm gonna say almost any movie that has a winter setting. Cool. Because it, I mean, I, I just, I don't know, I like it. Yeah. Uh, Iced is not a good one. No, Iced is terrible. <laughs> Iced is fucking terrible. I want to rewatch it. I want to rewatch it. I do it. too. I do too. It's, it's. I want to sit through it again to be like, well, were we harshly judging this movie? <coughs> because you and I both know we both like some very questionable, really cheap movies. Okay. Iced. Real quick. If you want to know what it's like to watch Iced, 
imagine watching an at bat where the batter fouls off 187 pitches. <laughs> And you're waiting for a strikeout, a walk, or a hit, and it never comes. He just keeps fouling pitches off. That's what iced is like. You're like almost on the edge of your seat waiting for something to happen that never happens. It's <laughs> it's pretty rough. But uh, I'd have to agree with you with the whole winter thing. That's Any movie that takes place in the wintertime is fucking cool, man. I mean, I just like it. I think it's a, it's a good setting. Yeah, which why uh, I was seeing people posting about how they would like to see the new Friday the Thirteenth movie, if it ever gets made, be set in the winter. So I'm not like if you're gonna make it one, if you're gonna make another one, it's probably gonna suck anyway, since it seems to be the track record since like eight. Yeah, lines will just change up the setting a little bit, do what you do, whatever. Okay, but. As far as eight goes, that was the first inception of them trying to change up the setting. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, they kind of. Can we take Jason out of Crystal Lake Camp? They, yeah, but they <laughs> fucking did that horribly. <laughs> yeah, they, they didn't think it through. No, they didn't have to because it didn't cost anything to make the fucking movie, and it was no. profit. So. Yeah, they didn't think any of that through. They're like, we're just you're just gonna have to figure it out on your own. But that is one. That's the one I always get shit from people. Like pretty heavily shit from people when I tell them I I deal with all the Paramount releases, but once it become Jason movies, when fucking New Line Cinema got the rights, it's like they fucked up the whole franchise. And people are like, oh fucking part eight, like come on, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's it's a Friday the Thirteenth movie though. Yeah, part eight is better than Jason Goes to Hell. Part eight is better than Jason X. And Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah, I was about to say, and Freddy vs. Jason, which I know people are going to give me shit for that one. Freddy vs. Jason sucked. It, it was it was horrible. I, I Such high hopes for that. It that just was, came out at the wrong time. I, I think ha- Freddy vs. Jason should have came out when Jason Goes to Hell came out. Yeah. At their, both when they were like kind of on the decline, but past their prime, but it was like, it's it that would have been the perfect time. I remember I had that movie... And I think I maybe watched it once, but it was like in passing. <clears throat> and then my cousins were over, and it was uh, I think I was at my parents' house. Still, because I had, it was because I still had all my movies upstairs. They wanted like a horror movie to watch. It was like fucking middle of the day. They're like, oh, it's a horror movie. I'm like, all right. So I'm like going through my movies, like, oh, well, this is like a newer one, like more of like a pop horror movie type of thing. I was like, this is probably fine for him. I remember putting it in and like watching it for a little bit, and then going upstairs and coming back down. Watch it with him a little bit again. And I'm like, man, this fucking movie's horrible. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. Like the scene where like Freddy's playing like pinball with Jason. Yeah, like what? The CGI that they did with that <laughs> it's was all fucking, fucking bouncing. Like, what's going on here, man? Kelly Rowland's speech. Oh, that's just horrible. <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> but um, yeah, fucking. I'll always defend uh, eight over. All those horrible New Line Cinema movies. It blows my mind when I see people do lists of like they put them in the order of their favorite, and like when one's not even close to the top of their list, but like it's uh, it's like below the the New Line Cinema ones. That's terrible. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Like you have to be like like 20. You have to be 20 years old <laughs> at this point because yeah. 
No. <laughs> right, I hear you. But this one, uh, Terror Train was... Uh, who put this one out? Uh, fuck. I want to say... I, uh, MGM, I believe. Was it? Yeah, I think it was. So I think this was one of their only like forays into fucking slasher. Like yeah. that they actually did. 20th that. Century Fox. 20th Century Fox. Okay, that's who it was. That, this was their only like... Either their only or their first entry into like slasher, and they didn't really do much. It was their first slasher film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they they didn't want to touch the whole thing because at that time it was coming under you know some fire a little bit about like obscenity and gore and movies and shit. But uh, yeah, they they put this one out. Uh, I'm sure they did a couple other ones. I don't know. They might have. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, they were. I mean, that, this is on a grand stage. I mean, this opened to like a lot of theaters. That's the thing. This is like it's it's weird to think about now, but back like early '80s, horror and slashers was fucking big money. Oh, for sure. So it was like all these like big studios would be throwing money at fucking people to make these goddamn movies. Right. Yeah. Which I wonder. I, I'm sure people like kind of took that for granted. Horror fans then, but oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But I'm sure people, I'm, I'm sure horror fans then also look at it the way we look at conjuring paranormal activity, where it's just like, yeah, it's a fucking horror movie, but who wants to go see it? Yeah. People look at slashers that way. Yeah, back in like 80, 81, 82. Yeah. You know, but man, that was prime time. That was, you know, all the good ones were coming out at that time, and this fits right in there. This is right, this is right in there. Um, nice twist at the end. And that was like the big thing, you know, back then was to have a, a really good twist at the end. Yeah, I mean, it's not Tony. Really- Tony was right when he says like, if you really know, if you watch movies and you, you're gonna know who the killer is, right? Because it's like pretty obvious who the killer was gonna be. But it was it was kind of a new thing then. You know what I mean? This is 1980, and if 20th Century Fox put this out. And it was their first slasher, and it was open to a whole huge audience. Maybe people watch this that never seen Halloween. You know what I mean? No, I mean it's possible. Like I don't think it. I don't think it takes anything away from it. What's funny is that scene, the beginning, that kind of uh, the whole scene of the the fire with oh, him getting fire? killed. That was filmed afterwards. That initially wasn't even part of the movie. No shit. They filmed it. Uh, that was like one of the last things they filmed. Huh. It was like to add like the whole backstory, the backstory to it. Gotcha. Which I mean, honestly, thinking about it, without that, they would have to explain somewhere where the fuck this dude came from. True story. Or they could have left it as just some random dude just fucking killing people. Well, I know there was a kind of a, I don't know if it was a mess up or a goof, something to do with magic. What was that all about? Did I miss something? What do you mean? He claimed he was a better magician than David David Copperfield. Oh yeah, he got into being a magi- magician. Yeah, he claimed he was like because that's he he was working as Copperfield's assistant. Right. So I mean, I, I, I that that lost me a little. Oh bit. yeah, see, he okay. So they could have if they got rid of that beginning part, they could have played it off because he make he makes that line about 
you thought he was good, and he could have just been killing. The whole backstory could have been he's just fucking killing everybody who thinks that David Copperfield was a fucking good magician, right? And I'm better than David Copperfield. That could have worked. That's right. what I, I mean. Get, yeah, that could have worked. You know what I'm saying? It's like we, it, that's where it kind of was like, well, that could be another plot twist. You know what I mean? But um, especially at the end, you know, when he's like with Jamie Lee Curtis and they're sitting at the table and. She's like saying you're you're a better magician than him, mm-hmm. you know. It just kind of like was weird. It was like, and then they twisted it into he was the assistant and all that stuff, and that's how he got on the train without he was the assistant the whole time. The whole time, yeah. I guess uh, him and the director really didn't get along, and the quote from the director was, "Yeah, it's because he was inexperienced. Like he wasn't an actor. He was just some transvestite from the streets of Montreal." Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, He's like, but. In the end, it, it worked out. Yeah. I was like, all right, well, I mean. Yeah. I mean, he. I thought he did a pretty damn good job. No, he played that part. Great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. even, like, fitting what that character was supposed to be, which was supposed to be, like, the nerdy guy that frat dudes would fucking pick, pick on, on. It, it fit because he looked like an odd fucking dude. Yeah. But um, do you have a favorite kill in this movie? Mm. Um, the head um, frat guy. Oh, the his throat. Death. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty epic. I liked, uh, even though they don't show it, the aftermath of the David Copperfield kill. Mm-hmm. What would happen if the swords actually did impale someone in a box, and he had like multiple swords through him? Oh, I yeah. thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was a like a magic trick gone wrong, <laughs> and uh, that's probably my favorite was like the swords and going through but uh i one thing i'm like bummed out about is the dude in the beginning that gets killed first yeah he was funny as fuck and smart ass kid the smart ass kid yeah yeah the bit that he did about the uh blow with the blow up doll and shit i'm like okay this dude's gonna carry the movie like the first time i seen it he, he's gonna be like the clown of the movie and then he's gonna end up getting killed and then He's just off in the first fucking 15 minutes of the movie. He doesn't even make it onto the train. <laughs> he doesn't even make it onto the fucking train, poor guy. But um, can we talk about the chick that has the pants up to her neck for a minute? Because <laughs> I feel like that's important. <laughs> that chick is all over this movie. And she's with the other chick that looks like Cleopatra. Yeah. You know... I, I just something about that chick rules. I don't know. And that's her costume. It's just like oversized pants all the way up to her neck. <laughs> Pretty cool. <laughs> but uh <laughs> some of the dialogue in this movie uh is something to be you know, it's not that great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of the some of it, not all of it, but some of the dialogue, just the random shit that gets said, and it's just like okay, you know. See, I think this movie, it, to me anyway, it kind of it loses me in a couple spots because I start getting bored because they spend way too much fucking time with the whole magic show. True, and I'm just like, uh. but I think that was the original plot to the movie. I think when they made this movie, it was supposed to be based around magic and how the dude was jealous of David Copperfield well the whole David Copperfield thing wasn't even uh, he wasn't originally even 
wanted to be in the movie or like he wasn't part of it but uh, I forgot who it was liked magic so they got David Copperfield to be in the movie oh well he was the guy yeah. you know that's what you want first and only actual like movie appearance true he was in like shows but yeah only movie he's been in he was really young in this movie too oh yeah but this yeah. crowd's awful yeah go do some like close up magic I'm not ready yet <laughs> yeah <laughs> but then they think it's the uh, they think it's David Copperfield that's the killer and mm-hmm. yeah but uh, overall I would give this movie uh, somewhat of like a 7 out of 10 yeah it's probably around there for me cause it came out at you know during the golden age and you know Jamie Lee Curtis is in it David Copperfield's in it pretty cool and then you know, at the end, it's just like, oh, the whole time that dude was the assistant. Like, I feel the end though. The ending, it was like abrupt. Like the whole thing's happening with him and Jamie Lee Curtis, and they're at the table, and he's like, fine. And she, he's like, oh, gives her. A kiss. He, she like gives him a kiss, and then all of a sudden he just like flips out, spins in circles, and basically like falls slash jumps out the fucking train. Yeah, and it was like super abrupt. Like, wait, what? It made no sense. I mean, the way they did the fucking body drop, he hit that ice hard. Yeah, that was pretty brutal. But, uh, and then there's the, uh, what do you, what do you call that? The conductor? Mm-hmm. Or the, the main dude that does magic himself? Yeah. There's him, and he, he kind of has his own fucking little role where he's weaving in and out of the crowd and doing magic tricks and all that stuff and he's like head first into the fucking trying to find out who the killer is and stuff yeah so I think it was him uh, asked the director to actually give him less lines oh yeah cause uh it was like some old actor or director said um how it's better to have less lines and just make your make your appearance just memorable just off of the lines you have so he took that to heart and like asked the director to cut down his lines to only the, the essential. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, because uh, that whole bit where they they said trains were going to go obsolete. <laughs> He's a fucking Winnebago salesman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, you'll be on welfare. I'll be doing the the new school thing, you know. But yeah, this is. Uh, I would recommend this for anyone that's into slashers. Oh, I definitely would. And yeah. it's not the most action involved. No, it's not a lot of gore. Not really, but it's still, in my mind, still a good movie. Yeah, it is. It's a stalk and slash kind of a thing. It takes place on New Year's Eve. If there's a party atmosphere, there's magic. Mm-hmm. So that's a fucking plus. <laughs> there's card magic. There's peanuts magic. There's cigarette magic. There's quarter magic. Disappearing magic, transformation magic. Mm. <laughs> it's got it's got the whole fucking David Copperfield book. It does, it does, man. I seen him once. The motherfucker showed up right in front of me, and I don't know how he did it. Still, yeah, he was on stage, disappeared, appeared in front of me. Really? Basically, like right where I was sitting. You seen David Copperfield? Yeah, when I was a kid, when I was like twelve. Really? Yeah, came to the Fox Theater. Okay, everyone that's listening to this episode, that's news to me. <laughs> um, and, you know, maybe we can kind of put that as 
That's why Jared wanted to do this movie was because of his secret <laughs> admiration of David Copperfield. <laughs> but uh, I know I remember nothing of it besides that. He showed up like I, where I was sitting, the row in front of me. Which now, thinking back on it now, obviously hindsight, there was like an air vent grate where seats should be. But there weren't seats there. So it was like in the middle of a row, like seat, 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 air vent grate, seat, seat, seat. I'm thinking they had that installed for this. But he just fucking like disappeared on stage and all of a sudden like right in front of me with this chick. He just appeared. Well, that's cool. That would have blew my mind at 12 years old. It's the only thing I remember the show. I don't remember anything fucking else. Oh, fuck. But yeah, um, definitely check this movie out if you're into uh, early 80s slashers and if you like Jamie Lee Curtis, which I do. Um, oh yeah, and uh, I mean that's that's all that we can really say about this movie. Yeah, it's one it's it's one of those movies. It's a good movie, but there's not a lot to say about it. Pretty cut and clean. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's pretty just kind of straightforward. There's not a lot going on. There's no like crazy stories. No coke parties. No, none of that. There's some pot. Yeah, they're smoking pot. That's that's whatever. Right. I know, but. <laughs> The, the director oh yeah okay uh, touch on the 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 couple movies the director went on to do it's like one was like a James Bond movie Tomorrow Never Dies I think really but he did um cool. he did fucking Turner and Hooch love that movie stop or my mom will shoot love that movie <laughs> I'm not joking like I didn't know these things until you just told them to me. Do you know why Sylvester Stallone did stop or a mom will shoot? Because Arnold Schwarzenegger did Kindergarten Cop? No. Oh. Arnold Schwarzenegger told his agent to basically like, yeah, like let the word get out there that I'm I'm considering doing this movie. And him and Schwarzenegger or Stallone and Schwarzenegger were like very competitive at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Stallone caught wind of it and like Beat Jumped him to in. it, like oh, I'll do it, I'll do it. Oh. And he never planned on fucking doing it because like this is a fucking awful script. I'm not doing this fucking movie. So Kindergarten Cop must have come out after Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Oh no, I guarantee you it did. Yeah. Oh yeah, because they came out around the same time, and it was like they were both known for these like prime action characters and roles and stuff, and then they both did a comedy, which was like. Am I the only person who does not mind Kindergarten Cop? I love that movie. That movie fucking rules. So does Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. It's got the chick from the Golden Girls. I've only seen that movie once. Oh, fuck, And it was around the time it came out, so I was kind of young. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's fucking... And then Turner and Hooch. Turner and Hooch is good. Turner and Hooch rules. Tom Hanks is the man, dude. But, uh... (laughs) The scene, and the only thing I remember from Stop or My Mom Will Shoot... Is he comes home, and he's looking for his gun, and she's like, "Oh, honey, I cleaned it for you." And she's just like cleaning it in the sink with like soap and water, and like <laughs> like cleaned off all like the grease and shit. That's what to like keep it. Like, he's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. She's like pipe cleaning out the barrel with like dial soap or some shit. Yeah. It was like a big gun too, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And then she ends up like it's like a it. fucking Desert Eagle, fucking fifty cal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Big ass gun. But, uh, I used to, always used to joke with my friends when I worked at Guardian. 
because they'd all be in the guns. They're like, oh, what kind of gun would you want to get? I'm like, I'm going to get a fucking Desert Eagle. And they'd be like, you know how, like, impractical that gun is? Like, $2,000? Like, what, what What are you going to need that for? Hunting buffalo? I'm like, I'm just fucking with you. I really don't give a shit. <laughs> right. But uh, that's cool that that dude did those three movies. I, I... He did Air America, too. Air America? Never seen that one. Who's that in it? Um, what's his name? Mel Gibson. Yeah, that came out in the 90s. Yeah. Just some other shit. I mean, he had, like, obviously he had, like, some type of success. Oh, yeah, Turner and Hooch was a big movie. That was a big movie, and then I got that got ripped off. Fucking canine. Oh, shit. Belushi. Belushi. With the German Shepherd. Mm-hmm. Came out shortly after that, and it was like a buddy cop movie, but it was... Him and the dog. Him and the dog. And then there was... Uh, the Chuck Norris one that came out. Chuck Norris had one with a dog? You didn't know that? It's no. called Top Dog, man. Nope. I think so. I know nothing of that. I think that's what it was called, Top Dog, man. <laughs> yeah. Big deal. Big big doings in the middle. <laughs> Here, I'll show you the poster. Okay, Hollywood just taking an idea and running it into the ground. Top Dog, 1995. Son of a bitch. Yeah, I didn't know anything about that movie. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Top Dog, man. Get out of here with that poster. Dude, my hero when I was a kid was Chuck Norris. He really was. He had the cartoon <laughs> on TV, Chuck Norris and Friends, or whatever the fuck it was called. And uh, I seen the octagon when I was like eight, nine years old, and I just thought he was fucking rad. And then... And then Sidekicks came out, and that just escalated. That just escalated your Chuck Norris love. And I, I no, motherfucker. (laughs) I can't tell you how many times Jared has brought this up, dude. How many fucking times? I'm like, dude, I have every Chuck Norris movie, including Sidekicks. But you're like, dude, throw in Sidekicks. I'm like, no, that movie fucking sucks, man. I hated that movie when it came out, and I was a kid. I was a kid, and I hated that movie. Got the kid from Ladybugs in it. Yeah, very wary. Pretty sure uh, Chuck Norris. Wait, it also, does it ask the dude from uh, Joe Piscopo? Is it Joe Piscopo? Okay, I'm thinking it was. I was thinking it was the dude from Karate Kid. No, but he's supposed to be the dude from fucking Karate Kid. Yeah, but yeah, towards the end, where fucking Chuck Norris was like, "I'm gonna be your fucking sidekick," and he hits him, and Joe Piscopo does the flips, the flips. <laughs> with the stupid look on his face and shit. <laughs> it's it's uh it's a little far fetched and uh, I ah, man it was so hard for me to like that movie I just and I still don't but I seen it at a thrift store for like a dime and I was like fuck it <laughs> and I bought it and I have it but can't do I just can't. I'd rather watch three ninjas than I would fucking sidekicks well yeah three ninjas is pretty awesome yeah but the sequels were terrible what about surf ninjas. Surf Ninjas, I remember that. What was that? Uh, Rob Schneider was in that. Yeah. Oh shit! I had that. I have that movie, but it doesn't work. Oh, I got it. Awesome. Yeah, I got it at uh, fucking Salvation Army. <laughs> and he's surfing on the front of it. And I think uh, it has the three kids too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I put it in, and it, it, the tape was broken. I was like, ah, oh, fuck! I was pumped. I was like, I found Surf Ninjas. <laughs> awesome. But, um, well, yeah, I think that's all we got for you this time. Yeah. But, uh, 
if you want to drop us a line, if you'd like to, if you, if you want to hit us up for any any unknown reason, uh, you could go to our website, burnofferingspodcast.com. You can throw us an email at contact at burnofferingspodcast.com. You can go to Instagram at burnofferings underscore podcast. Facebook is Burnt Offerings Horror Podcast. Twitter is at underscore Burnt Offerings. And I uh, hit us up, throw us a line. It's in the works. It probably it might go up on the website, uh, but we might have a horror trivia game. Yeah, and I've seen a preview of it, and it's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I still got to work some kinks out of it, and then actually, you know, come up with all the goddamn questions. <laughs> yeah, but I will say this before we sign off. I am. Uh, Really stoked about that trivia game, and uh, just to let everyone know, Jared's very humble, but the whole layout and the whole idea of this thing is really fucking cool. So if you get bored, man, hit up our website and do that trivia game. Because uh, well, I mean, when it gets there, it's not there when yet. it gets. No, what, what I'm saying <laughs> when it's finished, because I, I got to see like a preview of it, and it's pretty cool. And there's some legit questions on there for real horror fans. So there you go. Yeah, I want to try making it kind of legit. I'm probably gonna throw in like a good mixed bag of questions. Right now. But I don't want it to just be only the more more known stuff. No. I want to throw in some like obscure shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I'm, I, there's probably gonna be stuff that I thrown in there that I probably would have got wrong if I read the question without knowing what the fuck answer was. That's what it's all about, dude. That's what it's all about. So look forward to that. That's that's up and coming for us. Hell yeah. Until then, man. Have a good new year. We got about four hours until midnight. Oh, yeah. And uh, we're going to drink it up and uh, see if I can finish this bottle of Old Crow. Yeah, he's drinking Old Crow whiskey. Pretty cool. Uh, and eating ice. So, Can you hear that? Yeah, I can. All right. I'll uh, stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> see you guys. I right, see you.